So this week we finished reading the book of Luke, and this wraps up the Gospels. It's kind of crazy. We read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in a little over a month, and that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, this is the good news, and and, and I hope that you picked up little things, you know, as, as you're reading, and you saw this verse, that verse, and things maybe you never noticed before. But in the process, I sure hope you don't lose sight of the big picture. And I know, I understand that some of these things are elementary truths, but God's desire is not that we just go, okay, I already know that. Let me move on to something a little more profound. But he wants us to take these simple truths, the obvious truths, uh, the, the obvious big story, and love it more deeply every day of our lives. In other words, the Gospels teach us that we have a creator. And I hope you still love the fact that you have a creator that, that this world is not about everyone and their own opinion. And, and so we have to guess and hope that my opinion is right and my thoughts are more right than that other guy or, or believe that, okay, we're all right somehow. No, no, there's an authority. There is someone who is right. He's our master. He's the one who made us. And that is good news. His very existence is great news. And the fact that our Creator wanted to communicate with us, and that's why Jesus came down in the flesh. That's great news. Like the one who made me actually wanted to teach me, wanted to tell me about himself. He wanted to reveal himself to me. So he sends his son, and his son takes the form of a human being. And then, and not only that, but he dies on the cross. He suffers for me. Gosh, I know for some of us this is so hard to believe because we've never had anyone love us like this, sacrifice like this. But but the Gospels are so that we would just bask in that and, and see this big picture so that everything else on earth just pales in comparison. I hope that as you're reading in the last few days about the death of Christ, his suffering in the garden, that somehow you would soak that in and go, man, life is good. This is so good. My existence is so good. This is great news. My creator came down and suffered for me. He really loves me. And he rose from the dead. He didn't stay in the grave. Why is that great news? Because it means that nothing can stop him. That this all-powerful being who reached down to me, who died for me, rose from the dead. Nothing can stop him, and I'm on his side. So you have this one almighty being creator, and you are on his side. Amazing, amazing news. What is there to fear? And the truth that he says that he's not leaving us alone. Yes, he ascended to heaven, but he's giving us his Holy Spirit to indwell us. That's true power. So I don't have to fear my temptations. I don't have to fear persecution. I don't have to fear anything because God himself dwells in me. And the great news that he says over and over again is that he is returning to judge. He's coming back.
And I understand that those of us who take this book literally, we believe in something that the whole world rejects. And it's rejecting more fervently, more passionately. And it's okay. There may come a day when we, even in this country, will be persecuted physically, rights taken away from us. It's okay. He's returning. The judge is returning. This is good news. So I can suffer anything knowing that my whole eternity is set. I just don't want to deny him, not while I'm on this earth. Well, as you listen this week um, to the podcast, uh, for most of you, if you're listening to it um, as it comes out, I'll be in, I'm actually in Africa right now and recorded this before I left. And I, I was thinking about this and I, I guess there's a part of me that's feeling a little bit like, okay, I'm heading off to some pretty crazy places and it feels a little fragile, like, okay, this might be it. And what if this is, and believe me, I understand that every day is fragile. I could be sitting in a country club in Silicon Valley and God could decide it's over. It's time to go. But there is something about going into some of these deep places in Africa and going, okay, am I coming out of here? And and I'm cool either way, but I thought, okay, if it is the end, what's the last thing I would want to say to you? And the last thing I would want to say is, please, it's the same thing I've been saying every week, get alone with the Bible and just read it. When no one else is around and you've prayed and you come into the presence of God, say, open my eyes to this book and then just start reading. Read it. Read it every day. Don't just trust what people say. Because I don't know who's teaching you, even whoever teaches you. If you have a spiritual leader, if you have a pastor, they could be deceiving you. They could be misleading you. I mean, isn't that what you just read in the Gospels? Isn't that what Jesus was doing? He was confronting all of the religious leaders, saying, you say this, but let me tell you what what God actually says in his word. And so, please, there are people today who will take the very words of Scripture and they just keep explaining them away, explaining them away. Well, that doesn't really mean this. Jesus couldn't have meant this. Oh, there's no way he could have meant that. And I'm just saying... Look, you've got two eyes. Most of you, I'm assuming, are literate. If not, you know, listen to the Word of God. You can hear it for yourself. You can read it for yourself. What did Jesus say? I mean, you know your own heart. You see how there are times when you deceive, you spin things for your own gain. Don't just assume that whoever is teaching you doesn't do the same thing. Look at what the scriptures say. Pray. Beg God for wisdom. Ask him to open your eyes. Ask him to give you ears to hear. And then just read and find out what is the truth. What did Jesus literally say? In fact, I just want to read some of the passages that uh, we read in Luke. And not even explain them to you. I just want you to hear the word of God this week. Just go, okay, what did Jesus say? 
Luke 9, starting in verse 22. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Luke 9, starting in verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke 12, starting in verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Luke 12, starting in verse 49. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one house, there will be five divided, three against two, and two against three. There will be divided father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against his mother-in-law. 
Luke 13, starting verse 23. Someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you'll begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and, and, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that day, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at the table of the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. Luke 14, starting in verse 25. Now great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you bear, desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And let me close with Luke 21, starting in verse 34. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. You guys, there are so many things in this world that are going to try to turn our focus toward the temporary. 
we'll be anxious about so many things that we lose sight of the return of the Son of God. After reading through the book of Luke, there were things in my own life I decided to shed because they were just distracting me. I hope you do the same thing. We want to stay focused on the things above. There's good news. He is returning. But we have to be ready for that. So watch yourselves. Stay in the word of God. And every day cleanse yourself so that you will not be stained by the world. Cleanse yourself in the presence of God being sanctified by his truth. Read the scriptures.